0: You know, I always think it's wonderful how the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, coordinates the song and the message. Now, Ginny and I didn't talk. We never discussed it. And yet the message and the song go together like the hand in the glove. And I was listening to it this morning. I was in the fellowship room and I could hear it coming through the speaker and I was starting to hear the words. And I came in and I sat down and I started to cry. I said, Lord, the Holy Spirit is in our church. He's in our lives. He's working. And it doesn't just happen that way. It's God's will and he, he leads according to what he wants to be said and what he wants to be heard. It's beautiful. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you that you're so good to us and you've brought us here this morning to hear your word. You've given us the books of the Bible, Genesis through Revelation. You've given us all the truth and we thank you that we can open it up. And by the Holy Spirit, Lord, we can read it. We can hear it. We can understand it. And we can apply it in our lives. And we pray, Lord, that you will work powerfully this morning. Lord, take me out of the way so that you will be seen. Yes, we want your will in our lives, Lord. And so many times we get in the way of your working. And we pray that we would get out of the way and allow you to work through us in a powerful way. Lord, please hide me behind the cross. May the words spoken be your words, Lord. And may they have the effect that you would have them to have. We thank you that they don't go forth in vain, Lord. And may you bring a blessing. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is our Lord. Jesus is Lord. And we have some other titles that we can call him from our modern terminology. We can say that the Lord Jesus Christ is our boss. Yes, we all have bosses at work and so forth, but who do we really work for? We work for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our boss. Not only is he our boss, but he's our commander in chief. You know, the president is the commander in chief of the armed forces and they give him the honor and respect as being the commander in chief. Jesus is our commander in chief. We're in his army. He's the one that leads us into battle and leads us into victory. And God's forces do not suffer defeats because Christ has already won the victory on the cross and all we do is follow him and he gives us that victory. And he's also our coach. For those of you who like athletics as as much as I, I do, you find the most successful teams are the ones that have the really good coaches. And the ones who can inspire, the ones who can encourage, the ones that can lead the team, we really respect them. Well, Jesus is our coach. And he calls the shots. He makes the decisions. And whether we agree with those decisions in life is not up to us. It's up to him because why? He knows what's best. He has all the wisdom and the knowledge, so he knows what's going on in our lives and what we need and say, Lord, don't give me what I want. Give me what I need, as Jenny was singing in that song. Yes, it's a marvelous thing to know. And so many times we think we know more than God. Oh, I know what I should do, Lord. I should do this, this, or this. But what do we find? It doesn't work. We have to seek His will. We have to say, Lord, not my will, but Your will be done in my life. And when we do that, we find that God always brings forth a tremendous blessing. If we do it on our own, it's not going to work. Today, the subject and title of our message is the potter and the clay. The potter and the clay. He's the potter. I'm the clay. He's the potter. You're the clay. And He wants to mold us into the Christian's. That he wants us to be and he's got to do work on us. Time and effort that he puts in. Throughout the scriptures you find many analogies of of the Lord and our submission to him. But this is one of the most beautiful found in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It's amazing when you think about it. A potter is one who works on pottery and takes the clay and shapes it and molds it and makes something beautiful out of it. And then when it's done, it puts it on display and it's a tremendous thing. Well, when I was in the old youth group, career group, one day we went to this place in Pleasant Hill and we made pottery. Now, they had already got it all shaped and everything. All you had to do was paint it and then you gave it to them. They put it in the kiln or in the oven and heated it up. And then a few days later, a week or two late weeks, you go back and pick it up and you see what you made and how it turned out. and It looked really good. Well, I made this. And, you know, a lot of people are not going to think it's beautiful and a lot of people are not going to think it's artistic or anything. But because I'm very bad at art, but this is how it turned out. Not, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a church. And I thought, how appropriate, because it reminded me of our church. And we're, we got to choose which one we wanted. And I took, chose that. It's actually a candle holder. You can put the candle in and then the light will shine through. And I thought about it. It's so appropriate when the Lord, the Holy Spirit's in the church, he lights our way and it shines out into the world. And I thought, you know, that's really cool. So I took that and I put it on my mantle and I thought of Carl. He keeps all our grounds up nice and green and everything looks so beautiful in the church. So I thought, wow, that is a blessing to think about it. And, you know, if that's special to me and I treasure it now because not that it's that great or anything, but it's special to me. It has a memento. I put it up on the mantle at home and there it is. God thinks that way about us. You're his treasure. I am his treasure. You're his masterpiece. He's working to present you and me conformed to the image of Christ. That one day he'll put us on display before all the world and all the angels and everyone. And they'll say, look, here's a sinner that's now a saint. And only God can do that. And he saves us and he works on us until he presents us that way, beautiful in his sight. I love that song. We sing it on Wednesday night so many times. Something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful of my life. We say, Lord, I wasn't beautiful. I was a sinner. I was a wretched sinner. I'm still a sinner, but saved by grace. But you took me, Lord, and you made me something beautiful now. And that's that's a wonderful thing that only God can do. And you know what? You're beautiful in God's eyes. I'm beautiful in God's eyes. Others may not see our beauty. God sees the beauty of the heart. And some people consider people handsome. Other people consider them beautiful. But in God's sight, we're beautiful. He loves us so much. He said, that's my child there. You know, he used to boast about Job. And maybe Job didn't wish he would boast about him. But he'd said in front of Satan and everything, he said, have you considered my servant Job? You know, a righteous and godly man. God loved Job and he was proud of Job and he's proud of you and he's proud of me. And when he puts us on display, he's proud to say, that's my kid. That's my child. You know, when you're a parent and you go to the schools and you go to back to school night. Shana knows very well about this. She's a school teacher and Adam and different ones. The kids come in and they put their things on display that they've drawn and that they've made. And the parents come in and they look at them and they say, that was made by my little Johnny. Might be the ugliest horse you've ever seen in your life. It might be really bad. But to the eye of the beholder, to that parent, it's the most beautiful thing. Sometimes the the women at work, they bring their their kids things that they've drawn. Yeah, it looks like a horse. Sure, a nice horse or whatever, or fish or, or whatever it happens to be. But to that parent, it's beautiful. To God, we're beautiful. And He wants to work in us more and more so we become beautiful in His sight and we can be a blessing to people around us. Please turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the 18th chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 18. We'll look at this passage and a couple others today. Speaking about the potter and the clay. Book of Jeremiah, right after Isaiah. Chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel he had made was of clay, marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil... I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight, so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Now therefore speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. We're going to look at a simple outline today. The points start with the F's. Number one, he forms us. Number two, he fashions us. And number three, he finishes us. And may God encourage our hearts today to realize that there's two key things to our development to be what God wants us to be. Number one, the skill of the potter. And number two, our submission to it. You know, God can only do so much with the clay. If we're not willing, as Jenny was singing in that song, if, if we're not willing, God is not going to force us. He's going to take that clay and set it aside. He's only going to work as we allow Him to, as we yield to Him, as we surrender to Him, as we ha- let Him have everything. Then He'll take us, He'll mold us, He'll shape us into a beautiful vessel that He can use for His honor and His glory. Well, let's look at the first point this morning He forms us. You know, I'm ne- I never ceased to be amazed when God created the world and He made the first man, Adam. It says He took some dust from the ground And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. He became a living soul and God called his name Adam. It is so fascinating. If you watch sometimes these discovery channels or you watch the channels that they have for the National Geographic, they can actually show you the human body and all its facets. They have cameras and they can go inside and it's just so unbelievably wonderful. And to think, That God made us from the dust. From the dust of the ground. And then He took the woman. And He took the rib from Adam. And He made the woman. And God loves us. And He loves all people. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we thank God for His amazing love for us. Well, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels Or as it can be translated, in jars of clay. That's what I am. I'm a jar of clay. But when He he takes me and fills me and uses me, I can be powerfully used of God. And you can be powerfully used of God. That's how much God loves us. He created us in His own image. But what happened? Sin came along and deformed man. Satan came along and interfered with that plan that God had. And yet God had the ultimate plan to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that as we were deformed by sin, we could be transformed by the Lord Jesus Christ and be His people and be transformed into His image. What a blessing it is. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the master potter and He knows what He's doing in our lives so that everything He allows in our life, everything He brings into our life is according to His plan And according to His will. And that's the amazing thing for us to remember. That nothing takes God by surprise. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't fail. And so for us, we have to accept our circumstances with thankfulness and say, Lord, how are you going to work this one out? What are you going to do, Lord, in this? You're the potter. I'm the clay. How are you going to mold me through this? How are you going to come through, Lord? And He will do it for His honor and glory. Romans 9, 22 and 23 says... If God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but of the Gentile. That's amazing. I read that and I said, wait a minute. Before I was a vessel of wrath. God's wrath was upon me. I was a sinner. I was destined for hell. I was was lost. There was nothing that could save me. No one could save me. I I was under the condemnation of God. And now I've found mercy. I've found grace. I'm a vessel of mercy now. Can a vessel of mercy take any credit? No, it's mercy. God has shown us mercy. When we deserve nothing but condemnation and judgment, He shows us mercy. Sometimes the lawyers will go before the court and they say, Your Honor, my client here is guilty, but I plead for the mercy of the court. He's not a bad person and so forth. And they try to get him off with a lighter sentence. But in God's sight, nobody can get off with a lighter sentence. But Jesus Christ took the full brunt of the sentence. And he died for you and I so that we can become vessels of mercy and that God can work in our lives. Yes, when we get saved, we become born again. And He changes us on the inside. You know, that was amazing to me about the prophet Jeremiah. Because in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. The other day after a Wednesday Bible study, I went home. It was probably about three weeks ago, I think. And I went home. And I was having my snack that I always have. And I was watching that channel, that this, that channel of National Geographic. And they had the show on about the embryo in the womb. The fetus in the womb. And I thought, whoa. And so I was so amazed by it. I was just fascinated by it because they had the camera that went inside and showed you that little baby that's being formed. God forms the little fingers. He forms the little toes. He forms the little ribs. He forms their head. Everything. And you can see it so clearly. So I got on the phone and I called Randy and he answered and I said, Randy, you've got to put on this show. Uh, it's so fantastic. You and Natalie could watch it because it shows what a baby is. He said, well, we saw that one before and Natalie's watching it again for a second time. <laughs> right now, she is watching the same thing. But it's wonderful because you see that only God could do that. Only God could form us in our mother's womb. And he knows even before we're born, that we're going to be saved, that we're going to serve Him, and that we're going to be a blessing. Right now in 2007, He knew it before we were even born and while we were in our mother's womb. He said, that's my child in there and He's going to be a vessel for me. And it brings delight to God's heart and we can be thankful for that. Thank God He can see beyond our sinfulness and He can see the potential that we have. You know, when we came to Christ, we had no potential at all. We're sinners. We had nothing to offer God. But when he saw us, he saw us through Christ. He said, they've got potential, real potential. Think about Paul the Apostle. Before he got saved, he was Saul of Tarsus. He was a murderer of Christians. He was doing all kinds of things, arresting them, taking them into custody, men, women, and children. And yet God loved him and saved him and made him a vessel. Took that man who was against Christ and against the church and brought him into such a relationship with himself that he sacrificed everything for the Lord and he could be the, become the greatest apostle of all. And that's what God can do. And he sees our potential. He sees your potential for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's wonderful. That, only God can do that. It's truly the best rags-to-riches story there ever is because we were in rags. We were in the filthy rags of our sins and he's now brought us to glory in Christ given us a a name, Christian, saint, disciple, and all these titles. And it's a wonderful thing that only God can do. Another analogy that I really like is the caterpillar and the butterfly. If you take a caterpillar and then you take a butterfly, it's easy to see which one is the most beautiful. You choose the butterfly. But it doesn't start off as a butterfly. What does it start off? It starts off as a caterpillar. I was that ugly caterpillar. You were the ugly caterpillar, I beg your pardon. But we were all that way, sinners. And now he's turned us into a beautiful butterfly. And some of them are very colorful and they look so beautiful. And people go out there and try to catch them and so forth. But that's what God does. He makes beautiful things out of it, out of ugly things. It says in the scriptures, beauty out of ashes. Only God could take the ruins of our life and turn them into something good and beautiful and special for His glory. I like what John Bunyan said. He was the one who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. He says, when I saw John Bunyan, as God saw John Bunyan, I did not say I was a sinner. I said I was sin, From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Sinner. And God looked at him and said, I'm going to choose him I'm going to take him I'm going to love him and I'm going to use him and God knew that he was going to write that book Pilgrim's Progress and hundreds and thousands and millions of people would read it you know God knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing in our lives we should never question it we should never say why Lord did you allow that because later on in the future we may find out exactly why he allowed it to be a blessing for his glory and I just want to say and I love her very much this girl Jessica had cancer And God, since that time, has used it to touch many people's lives. He's touched other people that have had cancer. Kathy. He's touched other people she's met at the hospital. And she has a story to tell. I had cancer. God healed me. And that's the most beautiful and glorious thing. She probably wondered in the beginning, why did you allow this? Lord, I'm so young. Why? God knows the wise. He does it for His glory. And He can then use you and use me because of the experiences that we go through. The potter knows what to do with the clay to make it a vessel. Yes, God can do that. Notice verse 4 of our text says, I, uh, Jeremiah eighteen four, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. What a picture of rebirth. What a picture of the life we have. God has given us a new life. He's done a makeover. You know, you watch these shows. Sometimes they have these shows on makeovers and they bring these people. I won't comment about how they look ahead of time, but they bring these people and they do the makeover and then they choose one and they bring them out and they do the makeover for them and they say, wow, this is how they look. After all the makeup, after all the special things they do to, to get them dolled up and so forth. But God does a spiritual makeover. It's easy to change the clothes of a person and change the outward appearance. You can do that. You can go down to a fine store and get a nice suit of clothes or a nice dress. You can put on the best makeup and nail polish and all of those kind of things and look good. But you know what? It doesn't change the inside. It doesn't change the heart. You can look better on the outside, but it doesn't change what's going on inside. Only God can change what's going on inside because He knows the heart. He loves us, And He knows what to do. He can take ruined vessels and turn them into beautiful vessels for His glory. So that's our first point this morning. He forms us. He took a lost sinner like you and I and formed us and made us children of God. And He has a special plan and a special purpose for us. Number two, He fashions us. It's amazing to realize that God can fashion a piece of clay like me, a piece of clay like you into a great vessel for Him. Think about what Paul said to the Colossians in Colossians chapter 1. He said to them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Whenever I read that, I just stop and say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what Christianity is all about. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about anything of that. It's about Christ in us and what He can do with us. He can do some mighty things if we get out of the way, like the song said, and let him have his will. And that's what God does. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, it takes grace for God to save us and touch our lives. And he wants to get us to that point. But we look at ourselves and we say, Lord, I'm full of flaws. I'm full of failures. I'm full of frustrations. Lord, I need your help. And when we do that and we come to Him and surrender fully to Him, He will direct our lives into something wonderful. Notice Jeremiah 18.6 says in this passage, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look at the clay as in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Would you want to be in any other hands besides the Lord's hands? No. The world is not going to treat you good. If you're in the hands of the world, you're going to be lost. If you're in the hands of the devil, you're definitely in trouble. But when you're in his capable, strong hands, you're in the best shape. I like that commercial they used to have for Allstate and I think they still have it. You're in good hands with Allstate. I don't think so. (laughs) Not really. But when you're in God's hands, you're in good hands. You're in the best hands. Strong, capable, loving, tender, compassionate hands. I think one day we're going to see the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ and He's going to reach them out. And as He reaches out to touch us and love us, we're going to see the scars in His hands. And we're going to see the wonderful hands. His hands are so beautiful and so perfect. And we're going to think those hands touched the leper. Those hands raised up dead people. Those hands touched the blind and did all kinds of miracles. And we're going to thank the Lord. We're going to kiss His hands because of how much He loves us and how much He loved us and went to the cross for us. What a wonderful thing. And he's very capable. And God has all the knowledge and all the skill and all the power to do everything if we get out of the way and let him work and say, Lord, I'm just a piece of clay. Take me out of the way. Mold me. Fashion me. Make me into a beautiful vessel. The world may not think I'm beautiful, but you know I'm beautiful. You've considered me beautiful. We have to allow God to work. And God works on us every day. And I'm thankful for that. Sometimes we think he's working on us too hard sometimes. Lord, could you just ease up a little bit on this pain I'm having or this difficulty I'm having? But God is good. And he puts us on the potter's wheel. And around and around goes the potter's wheel. And as it turns, the potter is shaping the clay, making it what he wants it to be. And then if something happens with the clay, uh, he gets a little marred in the potter's, he takes it, he reforms it, he reshapes it. How patient is the Lord with you? How patient is the Lord with me that when we do fail and we do sin and we do get into problems, he doesn't cast us aside and say, well, I don't want this clay anymore. Throw it away. I'll get a new one. No, I'm not done with Shauna yet. I'm not done with Sonny yet. I'm not done with Mike yet. You're my people. You're my clay. I'm going to continue to work until I produce that life of Christ in such a way as we're conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I like what the great missionary Hudson Taylor said one day. He says, I think God was looking for a little man, little enough so that he could show himself strong through him. A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. You know, if you want to be used of God, if I want to be used of God, we have to be little in our own eyes. We have to think, Lord, I'm just clay. I'm just a lump of clay. But you love me. You're going to use me. You're going to mold me. And that's what God does. And he does it for his glory. He's the potter and we're the clay. Turn over to uh, a few pages to Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 6. This is really where I got the thought about this message because I was reading in Isaiah this week and I read this verse and I thought, wow, this is a great verse. And then I started reading those other passages in Romans and in, in Jeremiah. But this is a, a great verse. Not a familiar one to many people, but it's I, Isaiah chapter 29. And verse 16. Actually, let's read 15 and 16. It says, Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord and their works are in the dark. They say, who sees us? And who knows us? Now verse 16. Surely you have turned things around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? Shall the thing made say of him who made it? He did not make me. Or shall the thing form, say of him who formed it? He has no understanding. I mean, who is puny man to look up at God and say, you didn't make me, you didn't create me. I just came about through evolution. No, God is the creator and he's the potter. And he wants to take us and use us for his glory. And can you imagine the clay on that wheel and say, stop, Mr. Potter, you're no good. You can't do this well. I'm going to go to another potter. No, the clay is submissive. It's pliable. It's moldable. And that's the way the Lord wants us to be in our lives so that he can do great and mighty things in our lives. Romans 9.20 says, but indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it? Why have you made me this way? How many times have we complained? Lord, couldn't you have given me different color eyes? Lord, couldn't you have given me a nicer nose? Couldn't you give me better ears? Couldn't you give me a better size shoe or, or whatever physical limitations we have? Lord, I don't have a good set of legs or my, my hands aren't good. They're crippled or whatever. But God knows what he's doing. And we are the beneficiaries because he can use us. You know, when Paul, the great apostle, had that revelation in 2 Corinthians 12 of the Lord and saw heaven and everything, it said later on that the Lord gave him a thorn in the flesh. Many people believed it was an eye disease that caused him not to be able to see very well. And it's found in scriptures a lot of references to that. And I thought, here was the great apostle, just like us, he prayed three times, Lord, take it away, Lord, take away, this pain, take away this eye problem that I have so I can serve you better. But the answer came back what? My grace is sufficient for you. For strength is made perfect in weakness. And then he said, Paul said, most gladly will I therefore glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And Paul realized in his life that if he didn't have that thorn in the flesh, he couldn't have effectively been used by God. But God allowed that. And and don't think of yourself as having limitations that, yes, we have limitations, but God can use that limitation in a special way. And you can have an opportunity to serve with people that you would have never had had you not had that limitation, that obstacle, that thing that is keeping you down. So many times, though, we ask the question, why? We say, Lord, why did I lose my job? Why, Lord? Why did I lose my health? Why did I get sick? Why did I injure myself? Why did I lose my money? Why did I make that investment and it didn't work out, Lord? Why did I lose my friend or my spouse or or anything that we might lose in life? And yet the Lord says, look at me, trust me, I'm the potter. I'm going to use it in your life. And so when we look back at some sorrowful bad experiences that we've had in life, we should never be sad because we could say, I would do it exactly the same way because God has used it in my life. That's hard to say. People in the world would not say that. If they said, well, could you choose to go back, rewind the tape and change it? They'd say, yeah, yes, definitely. But for us as children of God, we say, no. I don't want to go back and change it. I want my life to be what it was because that's what God has done in me. And now He's going to use me more through it. That's the way we should look at these limitations and situations because he's the potter and we are the clay and he's going to mold us into a great vessel. I found this little song on the internet yesterday and it's titled A Little Clump of Clay, A Little Lump of Clay. And it says this, I'm a little lump of clay on the potter's wheel today. He will make me what he wills, shape my life with mighty skill. Whether I spin fast or slow, God is in control. I know. And my Lord, he knows what's best. In his loving hands I'll rest. Each day now I humbly pray. Please, Lord, mold this simple clay. Fashion me so carefully. Your masterpiece make of me. You know, it's a beautiful little children's song, but doesn't it have meaning? Doesn't it really? We're a little lump of clay. He's working on us. We're on the potter's wheel. He's working. He's doing his work. Some of it is painful, isn't it? It's painful to be on that potter's wheel. It's painful to have the trials that we do. But in the, end time, in the end result, it's going to be a blessing because he's fashioning us and molding us into vessels to be masterpieces. Not to be good, but to be the best for his glory. I love Romans 8.28. It's one of my favorite memory verses. It says, And we know all things. How many things? Some? Most? All. All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to His purpose. That does not mean for the non-Christian that everything happens to them is happening for the good. No. He uses it to bring them to salvation. But for those who are saved and walking in God's will, they're called according to His purpose. We can trust in that verse and we can claim that promise that God works all things together for good in our lives. Everything that happens is filtered through God's love and His plan for our life. And nothing happens out of His keeping and out of His plan. And you know what? We're so short-sighted in in the way we see things. God is far-sighted. He sees the true nature of things. We see dimly, like it says in 2 Corinthians, through a glass, dimly. He sees us clearly and sees the way things are. And we can praise God today that He is the potter and we are the clay. So we look so far at God forms us. And secondly, we've seen God fashions us. Now we're going to see the final process, the final way God is going to do it. He's going to finish us. And you know, God's a great finisher. He's going to finish what he starts. We don't do that, do we? We start on something and it doesn't work out too well and we quit. We quit. Or sometimes they do these projects and they run out of money and they just have to stop. Sometimes I've heard on the radio, we say, have you run out of money in the middle of a remodeling project? Call this number, right, Dave? Call this number and we'll give you a loan. You can do all this and that. That'd be embarrassing. You know, you see a house half built. There's a lot of people with half built lives because they haven't let the Lord finish it. We want God to finish it. Finish your work. And sometimes we want the trial to end too soon. Randy wrote a beautiful song in his CD. Don't finish the work. Lord. Don't stop until the work is done. Even though we plead and we beg, Lord, take it away. Don't take it away until you're finished with me. Until you're finished with that trial. Until it produces the right results for your glory. That's why Paul told the Philippians, he said this, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it or perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, that's so wonderful to know that God is not finished with me yet. He's not finished with you yet. He's still working on us. That's why we have to be patient with ourselves and we have to be patient with others because God is not finished with us yet. Years ago, we sang a song with the kids called Kids Under Construction. I could not remember the words and I tried to find it on the Internet and I found it, but they didn't have the words. And I said, Shelly, do you remember those words? And she couldn't remember it. She called me last night and it says, kids under construction. Maybe the paint is still wet. Kids under construction. He's not finished with me yet. And I thought, wow, Lord, you're not finished with me yet. I'm not perfect. That's why you see sometimes on the license plate uh, bumper sticker or on the label there. Christians are not perfect, just forgiven. Can't we thank God for that? If God waited for us to be perfect in our own selves, we're not going to make it. But he says, I'm going to save you. I'm going to make you perfect in Christ. And then I'm going to work in you. I'm going to continue to mold you and fashion you until you're a great vessel. That's why the hymn writer said the beautiful words, Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am yielded, waiting and still. And I thought, wow, that is a really hard thing to do. When God is fashioning us and he's molding us and he's working on us and squeezing, sometimes we think a little hard to to shape us into that way. It's hard to be waiting, yielded and still. Waiting on the Lord is a hard thing. We're in a hurry, like Randy said in his message not too long ago. We're in a hurry. We want everything instant. God isn't in a hurry. He's the potter. He's got all the time in the world. He's got eternity to work on. it, And he's going to work. And we say, Lord, could you speed it up a little? But no, he's going to go at just his right pace because he's the potter. We're the clay. The clay can't say, change this. Do this different. No, the potter knows. And he knows what to do in Our lives, And he's going to continue. And as we go through that process of trials and difficulties and troubles, God gives peace. God gives hope. God gives encouragement to get us through in our lives. But I thought, Lord, I've got a long ways to go. I've got a long ways to go. And you may have a long ways to go, too. But thank God he's with us on the journey. He's the potter. We're the clay. We're going to get there. And God knows when to take us out of the oven of affliction. And he won't do it until we're done. You know, you ladies who are good bakers and so forth like that. Natalie is really good at making pies and cakes and all these kind of things. Well, you can't enjoy a good cake unless the cake is done. Can you imagine if you just got so hungry and you couldn't wait and you said, I'm going to take it out now. And you start to eat it mm, bad, right? It's not done. Undercooked is not good. Or a pancake. Have you ever tried to eat an undercooked pancake that hasn't been flipped properly? Doesn't work. And in our lives, God knows how long to keep us in the oven, in the furnace. And he's not going to bring us out till we're ready. And when he brings us out, he's going to then bless us in such a tremendous way. And then, of course, another trial will come along. There's a constant series of these. A story was told of a South African pastor. You may have heard of his name, Andrew Murray. One day he was sitting in his study and he was facing a terrible crisis. And he sat down and he was quiet before the Lord and started writing down some of his thoughts. And he said, first, he brought me here. That is the Lord brought me here. It is by his will that I am in this straight place. And in fact, In that fact, I will rest. Next, He will keep me here in His love and give me grace to behave as His child. Then, He will make the trial a blessing, like we talked about, teaching me the lessons He intends me to learn and working in me the grace He means to bestow. That's the kind of attitude he wants you and I to have. That kind of attitude. Say, Lord, you're in the trial. You're with me. You're the potter. You're going to take me through it. You're going to make me a vessel. Lord, do your work. Take me out of the way. Take my will out of the way so that you can work. He says, at last, in his good time, he can bring me out again at the hour of his choosing. Let me say here, I am, I am here by God's appointment in his keeping, under his training, And for his time. Yes, as I said before, God's a great finisher. He's going to finish you and he's going to finish me at just the right time. So as we go along the journey, let's not complain. Let's not be bitter. Let's not say, Why, Lord? Let's say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being potter. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me a vessel. Thank you for doing so many great things. Thank you for the trials you've allowed. Thank you for the furnaces you've allowed because you are working on me, Lord. He's working on us. He's working in us so that then he can work through us. You know, God cannot work through a vessel until he's got it really worked well. He needs vessels that are clean, vessels that are holy and vessels that are humble. And when we are vessels like that, the potter can then use us with confidence. So let's remember today that God is the potter. We're the clay and we should accept what God does in our lives. He has the strong, skillful and steady hands to mold our lives. He never fails. He never will. He will be a blessing to us. I'm just going to quickly read this song entitled, He's Still Working On Me. This is another kid's song. I love it. And it says this, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. There really ought to be a sign upon the heart. Don't judge him or her yet. There's an unfinished part. But I'll be perfect just according to his plan, fashioned by the master's loving hands. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the moon and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. In the mirror of his word, reflections that I see make me wonder why he never gave up on me. He loves me as I am. He helps me when I pray. Remember, he's the potter. I'm the clay. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. One week to make everything we see, the whole creation, but a lot longer than one week to make the Christian a saint of God, to put him on display, to use us to touch the world. May the Lord help us to be the clay for him to be the potter so that we can be used of him. Shall we just close in prayer? Father, we're so challenged by your word this morning. It's so encouraging and challenging at the same time. And we pray that you will continue, Lord, you're working in our lives. We thank you that you formed us. You made us in your image, Lord. We thank you that you saved us by your grace and mercy. You made us vessels, Lord, and we pray that you'll continue to fashion us and mold us and bring in circumstances into our lives that just what we need at just the right time. Lord, keep us in the oven as long as need be so that we can come out and be beautiful for you and be able to touch others. We pray, Lord, that you will finish us and we will be, in that finished result, conform to the image of Christ. We just pray you'll dismiss us now with your blessing and help us to rejoice that you, Lord, are the potter, the master potter, and we're the clay. Please have your way, Lord, in your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.